Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. It is the Canes Country Podcast. It is back, and there is nothing going on right now in the world of hockey. My name's Brett Finger. I'm joined by Andrew Schnicker and Ryan Hankel, who is uh, coming to us from the great city of, of Boston. Doing great here. How's you? I'm doing swell. A lot worse now. Uh, no offense to people. Boston, great city, you know. Beautiful here. Having a good time. Love Boston. I said I went there a few years ago. Good, good vibes only. Good vibes across the league right now. Lots of uh, interesting things happening. A lot of making fun of Canadian teams, which is great. Canadian teams, head empty, just vibes. I mean, they're kind of asking for it. They did not win a Stanley Cup. That is not something that happened. Nikita Kucherov, uh, totally sober during his press conference, just for, for no reason. For no reason when scorched earth on Montreal fans celebrating after a finals win. That's kind of how it started. And since then, Pierre Maguire is in a real position of power in Ottawa. I mean, wow. You'd think that that wouldn't happen again, but it is. And also, Edmonton trades... For some reason, I, I don't I don't know why, but they traded for Duncan Keith, who's like forty five thousand years old, and has been declining year in and year out for the past five years. Oh Canada! But he's a leader. You can't replace. You can't. You can't track that. The leadership in the room. You can't just not acquire Duncan Keith. You can't just not get one of the worst rush defensive in the NHL currently. The thing is, he's going to get like 50 points next season, like Tyson Berry did. And everybody's going to think that it was a big win. It's going to go back to whatever the hell the last year he was good was. 2015. Yeah, I'd say 2015. Between that and the... um, God, the... I guess it was a fan vote, but friggin' Patrick Kane getting that SB for um, <laughs> best NHL player for this season. I guess everybody thinks it's 2015. Like, look, all, all you had to do, all you had to do was go to NHL.com, click on stats. Who led the league in points? Connor McDavid. That was all you had to do to know the answer to that question. What were the parameters of that vote? Because I saw someone say that it was like, best player to play in North America or no play in the United States and also be American or something. I think that was, I think that was either a joke or debunked. I don't think that was true. Huh? I'd hope not. Cause then like the, that's like, really that's stupid for a league where a third of the teams are Canadian, but um, 
and you know the majority of the players are not American. Call it the red, white, and blue award. Yeah, uh, that was shocking. That was surprising. Something that caught me off guard: Patrick Kane being the best player in the NHL. I don't think Patrick Kane was the best player in the Central Division. He wasn't. No. He absolutely was not. <laughs> he um he was far from it. I think. Uh, there, there, there had to be a, a pretty decent list of players before you got to Patrick Kane. Pekka Rene, not shocking, announced his retirement this morning on today, Tuesday, July 13th. He's done. Shout out. Great career. Loved watching him play. Now it's UC Saros' net in Nashville, which it, probably, it was already UC Saros' net after the year that he had. And uh, I think everyone pretty much expected this to happen. Uh, with regards to Kane's news, uh, the expansion draft is looming. We are getting closer. And the Hurricanes are going to have to send in their protected list of players. Indeed they are. Saturday, they're due Saturday. It, it feels pretty obvious for the most part. Um, up front, Saul has a no-movement clause. Uh, they can ask him to waive that clause today, but I don't think that's happening. So there's Stahl, there's Aho, there's Teravinen, Trocek, Svechnikov, probably Nino Niederreiter. Which, imagine saying that a year ago. Yeah, I think you have to protect Niederreiter. I think the op- options are like Niederreiter, Fast, Lorenz, and Fogel. I think you protect Niederreiter, and... Yeah, you know, I've said on here recently that I think Fogel is a guy that you move and you try to upgrade on on his spot in the lineup. You got one more spot. For- yeah, I mean, so you could you could you could protect him. You could protect Fogel as well if you want to keep him, or one of Faster Lorenz. So, I think. With the foot, like with forwards and defense, like it's not qualifying stuff. So I think they might actually have to expose fast, um, because I think they would have to sign either Geeky or Fogel to for them. They they would have to sign them, yes. So I would probably just protect Geeky with that last spot. Like he's probably going to be a pretty big, and then Lorenz and Fast fit your exposure requirements. Probably. Probably. And then on defense, it's Slavin, it's Pesci. And then it's, it would have to be Jake Bean or, or Brady Shea. It would probably, it would, it would be Shea. It will be Shea over, it will be Shea over Bean. Um, that's pretty safe to say. I that, that was my, I did a, my, my last mock expansion list last week and my rationale for protecting Shea over Bean, which I had Bean in my last one was A, Bean being a, and I, I, I didn't base too much on this just because he is a rookie and it was his first time, but Bean being kind of a dumpster fire in the playoffs. But yeah, what you just said, Ryan, I mean, with the uncertainty about Dougie Hamilton and how well Brady Shea um, has played in the second half of the year. Like if you lose Hamilton and Shea in the same offseason, you just got significantly worse 
in the top four of your blue line and you don't really have a way to offset that. Now, if somehow you like realize before the extension draft, like, okay, we've got this, like we're going to extend Dougie for this much, then maybe you do expose Shea and hope that like they take his cap hit to leave you some more room with the Dougie deal. But um, I think the only way you could feel comfortable exposing Shea is if you pretty much know that you're re-signing Dougie Hamilton. That would that would leave a guy like Jake being exposed, and if they take him, they take him. Um, I, it's kind of not something that I think I would lose a whole lot of sleep over if I'm Carolina. Obviously, he's still a young guy, and, and he's going to get better and all that, but on a team that's trying to win now, or on a team that's trying to win now, you know, I, I don't know. Uh, it doesn't doesn't kill me. Yeah, it's like you don't want to be like, you know, like oh, he's, you know, he could always turn around. But it's like the thing is like he had good chunk of time to play, protected minutes, and he just didn't. There was never really like he had like a hot start, but then past that, there was never really like flashes later in the season. It was just rough. And then it just kept getting worse. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess the one other thing, and I did take a look at this in a piece I wrote early last week about the options for um, Jake Gardner would be like, if the Hurricanes really are like, we don't want to lose Beam, we don't want to lose Shea, we don't want to lose, like they, and, and they want to get rid of um, Gardner's cap hit. They, 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 in theory, they could try to reach a deal with Seattle to take Jake Gardner. I don't know what that would cost. Probably their first round pick, which if you look at how, how much more flexibility, just getting that cap hit gone for the next two years, when you'd be paying that essentially for a third pairing guy would give them, maybe that's worth it. I'm not sure that I can see them doing that with Seattle, but I, I do think that that's a possibility as well. I think the ideal situation would be like if if you the Canes try to trade Gardner or have him exposed to Seattle and like they can send a package of like a first plus like Fogel so it'd be like you can get like this player you might want who wants a new start wants a fresh start because that was the other thing is that Warren Fogel kind of rumors are out that the team and him are just both looking to go separate ways but so like if you package him in a first to like send to Seattle to take Gardner I think that would be ideal for the Hurricanes all around well yeah I mean you since I mean, it would like you said, it would cost you your first round pick, but it's a late pick, and what's said to be a weak draft, and you have a really good prospect pool, and you'd be saving probably like six and a half million off of next year's cap by trading away Gardner and not having to worry about arbitration with Vogel. Yeah, yeah I mean, if you're gonna do that, this is a pretty ideal draft year to do it because. You're sitting at what twenty six? Is that their pick? Yep. In in a week draft, if if you're gonna do it, this is the year to bite the bullet and and just offload Gardner to Seattle. And then again, I mean, that money saved. I mean, six and a half. Like, I mean, obviously that you're only looking at that in terms of this year, but like that's most of like a Dougie cap hit if you think he's getting eight. 
that's most of a Dougie cap hit. That's also very real sum of money that can be used on a top four defenseman. That's because uh, they're, well, they bring back Dougie. Maybe they don't need it, um, but they do need to add to the bottom of the defensive depth chart. They would need to replace Fogel and preferably upgrade on Fogel. Yes. Because the other thing about doing that deal would be you would be keeping Jake Bean. So you'd have half your third pairing in. Sure. And if you re-sign Dougie, then you would only need to add one defenseman. Because that's the one other thing is if you if you do lose Bean, you both have to um, either re-sign or replace Dougie and complete either re-sign Hawk and Paw and add one other person and like or like somehow like totally like you have to build a third pairing if you lose Bean. Yeah, it's like the Canes, I think, if you look at, like, ideally, like, you have Marnook, who seems, by all means, is gone. Uh, you have McGinn, who you, I think it would be, I, I would like to see the Canes sign, re-sign McGinn. Like, obviously not, I would like to see a little less than $2 million, but I don't know what, where that will end up being. But, so, and then Fogel, and so... You're looking at three empty spots, but then I would say Lorenz and Geeky get popped up. And so you're looking at maybe one to two spots, potentially that forward spots you have to fill as well. And then, like you said, one to two defensive spots. And then now the goaltending situation, too. You need a goalie of some Each sort. another goalie. Two goalies, not, not under contract. To no disrespect to Beck Warm, but... uh. <laughs> The what was the thing in the thirty one thoughts about Alex Nedeljkovic? Something uh, about the Canes yeah. are scared about his arbitration numbers because Jim Benning fucked up everything for everybody. That's right. Good stuff. Because Satcher Demico had one good year and they gave him five yep. by five. So now, the, like the Canes are scared of, to go to arbitration because if an arbitrator be like, well. Neldrick had that one season, and if we look at his comparable of Thatcher Demko, he actually had kind of better numbers than him he had that year. So I guess. Five million dollars. That's yeah. That's that's a, that's that would be a mistake. That would that would be bad. You, you don't. If we all due respect to for Nedeljkovic, um, he's not a five by five goalie right now. Like you just need more. You just need to see more. How many how many total NHL games does he have? I think it was like forty one. Typically, they say you need to see at least a hundred games of of a goalie to like feel reasonably anything really. He was actually like thirty nine, I think of like and like regular season playoffs combined. I think he wasn't even half of a full NHL season under his belt. Yeah, like that's like he very well might be a five by five or more, but like right now, absolutely, like there's so many examples of doing that for a goalie after one. If anybody's like, well, look at how he played. Look at Carter Hart. Carter Hart looked like everyone was like, oh, he's going to be the next Carey Price last year. And he was one of the worst goaltenders of the season. Philly had the worst save percentage of every team this year. Apparently, though, NHL Network feels better about Carter Hart leading the Flyers to a Stanley Cup soon than Nedeljkovic doing it. I mean, you just, you you can't, you can't just pay a 5 by 5 to Nedeljkovic right now. You just can't. You you need you need one more season before you can feel anywhere near reasonably confident in doing that. Like you need to see him start fifty games next year. You need to see him start forty five to fifty games, and then you can decide. 
Like, I think people saw that and were like, oh, my God, like, this is Nedeljkovic. This is what he just did. Like, what the hell are the Canes doing? Why wouldn't they qualify him? But, like, when when you think about the arbitration side of it, it it's a very, very logical stance to have on the Canes' part. And, again, if you want to blame somebody for that, like Ryan just said, blame Jim Benning. Again, the Canadian teams really like head empty, no thoughts, just vibes. They just really like to do stupid stuff. It's really coming full circle. You got Ken Holland. You got, you know, Ottawa hiring Pierre Maguire. You got Jim Benning handing out contracts like it's candy to players that don't have a lot of value. Not saying, not for like Thatcher Demko. I'm thinking of like other players around. Jim Benning's terrible with his money. I think Nedeljkovic is, is, I think they'll, I think they'll take care of it. I, I don't think it's going to be a, a situation like that I, I certainly hope it's not but I think I, I would like to think here that they'll figure something out that that makes sense yeah and if I'm the Canes like I'm looking at like I want to bring back Mrazic like that's my personal qualm like you goal you know and a goal you're comfortable with like if Nadelchik like stumbles at all in like the second half in like his second season, like I would want that. I trust Morazic more stability. Yeah, and then one A one B, and they might with the flat cap and everything else, they might be able to get Morazic on one more cheap ish one year deal because of the injuries that he's coming off of. Yeah. The the other thing with that, though, I think, and um, Alec will have a piece out this week looking at the uh, Kane's options for a goalie partner for Ndilkovic. Like, we talked about this before, but if Mrazic wants too much or whatever, and that just doesn't work, I really don't think bringing Reimer back is, like, a terrible idea either, like, as as your backup plan to Mrazic. I think I think that it's on the case, though, if Ndilkovic does perform as we expect him to be. I think Reimer's good playing as a more of a backup role, but I don't think he can really do a 1B type thing split. Yeah, we kind of saw that last year. Every time it's like he like he can do perfectly well in a backup role, but with the higher workload, he just you see a lot more fatigue from them. But depending on the money they're spending, it's like it's if they resign Duck, now. they might have to roll the dice on like going cheap as with on your second goalie with like a Reimer. Which is not a position that it's a great idea to roll the dice at, but no, <laughs> yeah, Kane's a kind of very tricky off season, as we as Brett coined it, regime defining, regime defining, which is it's it's so many decisions to make, like and it's again like I said before, like they have a secure top six forwards group, like they have like a, such a good top six, and like and yet there's anything. so many missteps that can happen along the way here. I can sing this team. Well, because it's like we talked about too. Like you got to be care. You got to be careful looking at what you're going to have in the next year too, because Niederreiter, Trocheck, and Natchez are all going to need new deals. Probably like you're not keeping. Like you're like if he has another year, like the one he just had, you're probably not re-signing like Niederreiter next summer. Yeah, like goal scores especially. Like like he's a physical kind of grinder but also like sniper hybrid power forward but like that at his age like it's gonna it's it's kind of getting to the point where he's reached where he's gonna be one two where his body starts to break down there's a danger there with him hitting the open market and the potential of him getting overpaid 
you know, I, I think you you easily, I think you I think you hang on to him for this season. I you might as well with one year left on his deal, unless like, coming off a good year, unless somebody just blows you away with an unless offer. there's a trade that makes a lot of sense. Um, if someone values him more than you do, then obviously you have to think about that. But in all likelihood, he's he's going to be around for for the last year of his deal. And and then you you go from there. Though I'd imagine that that's probably it. Especially like you said, if he has another good year, he might price himself out a little bit, and a team might overpay for him. Well, I was just gonna say, and if he if they both have another good year, like like if Trocheck has another good year, you prioritize. Now Trocheck, if he has another good year, is probably gonna cost you a lot, but. You prioritize a center over a like Trocheck over a winger like Niederreiter every time, and then obviously Natchez is an RFA, so you just kind of hope you can get something done there. And while I don't think it's like around the corner, I think the Canes have a lot of good forward prospects that are kind of coming to their own. Where like you don't want to like sign like Nino long term because you can think like a guy like Seth Jarvis is probably inching pretty close to being able to hop into the NHL like you would give him another think, year, year and a half. You would think you would that, think that he could project it all that kinda like the first year that Nino isn't there, Seth Jarvis would be either there or very, very close. Yeah. I think like uh Jack Drury could be like another player that kinda yeah. comes in, maybe starts at wing, works his way over to center. Suzuki. Another Suzuki. One. He might be a little bit further away from what Jameson Matt's Reese said, but I think Reese is actually just because of like the style from what I've read and seen from some of the prospect guys and like just with like the way he plays in this Reese might be one of the closest just because of like he'd be probably playing like a bottom six role like play on the wing yeah play a game that Rod Brindamore likes um it pro- it's actually probably not unfathomable that he could be called up next year at some point. Yeah, and like I think the Canes are getting close to that point, kind of like I wouldn't say like at the level, but like kind of similar to like how Tampa does. Tampa's had such amazing development, like you know Sorelli, Johnson, Colton, Matthew Joseph, Carter Hay. Like they've had all these like guys come in, take a step in, or Yanni Gord come in. Lauren, fill a role and then just like take off with it and i think the canes are really close to that point of where being you don't want to pay too much for guys that are getting older and you don't want to take the risk but you can have these young guys who seem like they could jump right in and i think the canes are kind of getting to that point right now where their, their system is pretty much stocked enough and spaced enough where like they're right about to hit that spot where they can start getting those guys in consistently well, and they kind of have to be because you have to, kind of have to be able to have those guys on like ELCs because you're yep. you're going to get more and more top heavy with paying a guy like Svechnikov, paying you know possibly paying Dougie more, paying like if you know if next year if you have to give big raise, well you're going to have to give a big raise to Natchez because he's coming off an ELC, but if you have to give a raise to Trocheck, like you've you've got to have some some cheap young talent contributing for you um somewhere it's the same it's the same thing they talk about like in the nfl like when you when your star quarterback comes off his rookie deal and you have to like extend him then you have to like draft well and have players on cheap deals doing stuff 
Yeah, I'm gonna say it's like love Rod Brennamore. He's just gonna he's gonna need to get a little more comfortable playing rookies. Yeah, young guys. He's gonna yeah, it needs and he's at the point where the team has to bring these young guys in to supplement the expensive roster. Somebody's gonna have to have that talk with him. Like, hey, you're not gonna be able to have these veteran dudes in your bottom six making um <laughs> two million two million each. a year. You're gonna have to play and you're gonna have to play these guys more than four minutes a night. <laughs> yeah, that's the next stage in his development as a head coach. Maybe a new, maybe one of his new assistants can you know be that voice in his ear because the uh, Canes are losing coach. Dean Chanel certainly won't be there to have input on that. Um, so so yeah, he he's going to Toronto. Um, this certainly seems like a case where now that we know what happened, uh, he found us he found an opportunity that was more appealing to him. I think it's pretty safe to say. Um, well, and now he is, you know, he, he talked about how he grew up and he was, you know, what's a big Toronto Maple Leafs fan and hockey night in Canada. Pajama boy. All that. Um, he and John Tavares will get along great. And it'll be, it'll be adorable to see it all happen. And... You know, Dean Schnauth was in charge of the Hurricanes defense and the penalty kill. So there, there's a hole to fill on the bench for sure. And we'll, we'll just have to see where that goes because the Hurricanes penalty kill obviously has been very good when they haven't played uh, Tampa Bay. The I'd be interested to see what happens when they get a new defensive coach. I'm kind of on the same page. I... I'm not I the penalty kill great. I think he's did an amazing job there. I well, I'm not been I haven't been super impressed with the defense as of the last few seasons. Like the the Canes yeah. kind of like got like really 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 good goaltending this last year and they kind of needed it. Um the other thing with Chanel though I think is I think being in Toronto for him, if it's something he won't want, I'm sure it's something he wants, is probably a better path to getting a look as a head coach somewhere. Uh, like if he is, if he turns out similar results there to what he did here with defense and penalty kill, other than again this last year with the defense, I think um, he probably deserves some looks there. Uh, on, a, on a personal note, I, I, looking back, I think. One of the first stories that I ever did uh, as a staff writer for Canes Country in the 2019 training or 2018 training camp was a uh, feature on Dean Chenoweth. So definitely uh, wish him all the best. Great guy. I'd be interested to see if they get when they get a new guy in there, how that looks, because I think there's there's a case to be made that there is some improvements that could happen with Carolina's five-on-five defense. Um, I've got some stats here if you want to hear them, Brett. (laughs) I know this past season they were much higher event than in recent seasons, and and that includes giving up some very quality chances. And, And, Andrew, like you said, the Hurricanes got great goaltending this past year, and they needed it. Like, they... There were <laughs> some games that were just not 
uh, aesthetically pleasing if you're watching and looking for suppressed opportunities against. So well, yeah, I mean, like look at like some of the games against like Chicago. Like you have a team that like you know wants to play run and gun trade chances and like you're gonna just like do that with them like yeah like i actually was like looking into this earlier so i've got i've got some stats for you guys and so this year was the the canes had their worst expected goals against in the last three seasons uh they had allowed more scoring chances against than any of the past three seasons uh they had allowed more high danger chances against and they had a lower uh, Fenwick four percentage at five on five, but they had the second highest five on five save percentage in the entire league. I um number one, yeah, that I think all that adds up. Number two, I smell a column. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, I like I think if you watch them play, like that all kind of bears out, and like the chances that they were giving up and the way their goalies played. It's crazy because like. Their suppression numbers have been great the past three seasons. Like they're good scoring chances against, like they limit chances and they're like their Fenwick was good, but their high danger chances against and their expected goals against were like middle, like middle to lower half of the entire league. It's so it's like they're, they're, they're doing their Corsi Kane stuff where they limit their opponents, but the, what they give up is like so high grade. I, and like, I get it. Maybe if it was like a remnant from the Canes pass where goaltending didn't matter, they could, Canes could allow four shots and there'd be four goals against them. But now when they have quality goaltending, they're I'd be okay with seeing them give up more chances if they're not giving up these super great A's. Like it's been that's been like the biggest thing I've noticed. It's like they suppress shots and like they'll outchance their opponents two to one, but they're giving up so many dangerous opportunities that it like stabs them in the back all the time. It's a quality over quantity type thing. Yeah, and the Canes are, are on the wrong side of quality against quantity defensively. So yeah, I'm not heartbroken about Dean uh, going elsewhere. We'll see who comes in to replace him. If someone comes in, I mean, it could go internal. There's probably a couple could. options. Yeah. I think. Yeah. A couple people have floated Tim Gleason. I don't know how I feel about that. Um, yeah. Warsawski, I think a lot of people have talked about maybe like there being some merit to that, especially as like more and more of those guys that have played for him down there are coming up. Like maybe I mean he's... I've heard people throw out Justin Williams, but I, that's definitely one for I defensive do not, coach. I, yeah, of course. I do not think that's a smart disposition. Maybe like let him coach. The other thing is like they kind of need like. Speaking of the coaching staff, I, I, and even if it's just like a not necessarily like a true assistant coach, like you want to call it like quality control or whatever, like football staff, they need somebody from the outside, I think, to come in and like look at the power play, like and why it like crashes and burns spectacularly in the playoffs every year. Because I've said this numerous times, but that just should not be happening. Do you remember when? Columbus brought in Martin St. Louis a few years ago to be their power play consultant. Yes, I remember this. I remember saying when that happened, I was like, why would the Hurricanes not do that? Bring someone in who doesn't, who isn't associated with this. 
and just be like, look, what are you seeing? Like, and, and the power play was great this year. Like it was outstanding. And yeah, but it was number one in the NHL for a while in, but in the playoffs, of course they couldn't, they couldn't get by. So now is the development now that, you know, if they give it another year, will they be sharper and, and perform better under pressure like that? I don't know. Um, it, it certainly felt like once the lightning started really pressuring Carolina's power play puck handlers, that kind of broke it down. Like that's when Carolina's power play falls apart is when they're getting pressured like that. It kind of started like down the stretch in the regular season too. Like it started to fade. It wasn't good against Nashville. Um, I mean, I think you need to bring so like I don't think like you can afford to like say like okay, well, wait and see if it develops better with another year because like you're not going to know that until the playoffs really. And like we've seen it, the power play is literally is sinking them in the playoffs, and I don't think you can afford to just wait and see if that happens again. Um, yeah. So I think what's uh, what's Ray Whitney up to these days? <laughs> yeah, I get Ray Whitney in there. Yeah, I think they just need somebody like give them some like strategies or like set plays, like stuff, just stuff to run or stuff to like try to work on, like to give a variation. Because I think, like, I don't know if it's just Brendan Moore what he tells the media or just want to, because it always seems like he's like, yeah, they're just talented players and they just go out there and like they're just able to connect. They kind of know what they're doing. Where I feel like it's like he just kind of lets them go with it. And like he's like, it's just a flow and a feel thing. Where I feel like they could use a little more structure for like if the feel and the flow isn't working maybe some structure where they can try to counterplay. Yeah. And for me, it's like, do they need more structure or less structure? Like, I feel like there's a lot of stagnation there. Like, like it feels maybe how do I say this? Not a lot of movement, like a lot of just standing there. Like, are they being told to stay in their, designated position and and not move because that's not good (laughs) it's like if if they're just kind of staying put and then these uh these pks are like okay if they're just not if they're just staying in their spots then we can just pressure them and it'll rattle them and it'll be fine because that's what's happened a lot when teams apply the pressure on on them like because they just don't know where to go and I wish there was more movement, and with with, with the with the power play because I think that would certainly help. I mean, I think probably my biggest problem with it is that they're way too afraid almost to to kind of move around and and switch up the looks. They're way that that's that's been my biggest complaint too, Brett, with the power play, like in the, in these playoffs especially, and kind of down the stretch when it was starting to fizzle out is they're just they're way too stationary like i don't see how you think like passing the puck around a bunch and somebody eventually taking a shot from the perimeter like especially when you're going against the goalie like andre vasilevsky like that just is not going to work yeah there's that and then there's there's the uh, very popular very popular uh, very well known that goal line play with the uh, with trocek and svechnikov and Aho across the crease or stall right in front, uh, and that's all based off of 
Svechnikov's decision to either shoot it or push it down low to Trocek and, and let him make a, deci- a decision with the puck. Yeah, that's that's kind of kind of what it comes down to. Yeah, I still think with like I think like Svechnikov like that shot from the left circle like it like the first like few games of the year like first like eighth of the year like he scores a few goals from there and then like every team figures it out like he tries the exact same move where he hesitates and then tries to snipe it and it gets blocked the amount of times I saw Svechnikov's shot blocked on the power play it was it was, it was mind boggling I'm like the definition of Sandy is trying to do the same thing over and over and expecting a different result and like. I get like Brendan Moore likes like he kind of likes that like keep driving at him eventually like the opponent will fold but it feels like you're gonna get much more denied that way you're gonna like waste more opportunities than you are generating chances and like if if Svech is in a run of play where things aren't going well for him and those shots aren't going in I mean that <laughs> that does a lot in killing your power play um they they're very reliant on i mean it feels like every single shift that top unit takes there's at least one or two svechnikov bearing in on the left circle making a decision whether to shoot or drop it to trocek that's such a popular look and you know that you're getting that and i I I wouldn't hate it if they were just a little more free flowing and because because these guys are good enough these guys are smart enough and talented enough to 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 handle that I wish there was more movement a little more less like cookie cutter like this is what we're gonna do type of uh, mentality so I, I would like that a lot but yeah kind of kind of moving back to Chanelth. It'll be interesting to see who they bring in. Man, against Tampa, the penalty kill just... And it was Tampa, right? It, it was... I mean, it's Tampa. So there's that, but... Yeah, they were pretty good. Yeah, they had a rough go of it. Um, Carolina did. So... They need... <laughs> uh, they need a little... I mean, they, they need uh, they need someone new. I put my uh, application in. It just says, re-sign Dougie Hamilton. That's your that's your coaching for the defense. Let Dougie pick the defensive coach. Part of his uh, Dougie he'd be player coach. Like Scott Darling picked the uh, goalie coach, Mike Bales. Yeah, that worked. That worked out great. Let Dougie be a player coach. Bring it back. Yeah, back there to you heydays. Go. Well, actually, Mike Bales was a great goalie coach in 2018-19 when they had Peter Mrazek and yeah. Curtis McElhaney. He just, we just, they just needed Scott Darling out of the equation. <laughs> Is that all we have for uh, this week? Yeah, we've got a Scott Darling reference in there, so I think we're done here. Yeah, I think we're 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 out of it. We're out of ideas. We're out of topics. Uh, this has been the Kings Country Podcast. Thank you for listening. Things are going to start happening very soon. Expansion draft, the NHL draft free agency, all these things are starting to happen. Every day that goes by is another day closer to figuring out what they're going to do with Dougie Hamilton. So, yeah, things things are going to start to pick up here in the second half of July. Maybe another Canadian team makes a humongous, laughable well, that's a, that's a, signing. That's a lock, right? That's def- <laughs> that will definitely yeah, happen. Will it be within the next week? That's the bigger question. We'll find out. 
My name is Finger, Andrew Schnicker, Ryan Hankler here. Guys, where can the people follow you on Twitter and only Twitter? Andrew. At A-S-C-H-N-I-T-T-5-3. And Ryan. At R-Y-A-N-H-E-N-K-E-L underscore. You can follow me on Twitter at Brett Finger. You can follow Canes Country at Canes Country on Twitter. On Instagram, it's Canes Country Picks, P-I-X, CanesCountry.com. We have tons of coverage leading up to the expansion draft and the real draft and the free agency period. Um, check in. Make sure you're keeping up with all the content because there's going to be a lot in the coming weeks. Uh, follow slash subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Megaphone, wherever you listen to podcasts, you can listen to the Kings Country Podcast. Please leave a rating or review. Those things help us out tremendously. We will be back next week, and we'll be a, a week closer to things happening. Have a good week. Bye.